Hola mi gente, welcome to another episode of the Proyecto Siembra Podcast, donde hablamos sobre nuestras vidas aquí en Indianapolis. We talk about culture, community work, hot trends, and much more. Uh, join us as we engage in much-needed conversations to help build a more inclusive community. This month, we are celebrating our second annual Mucho Pride series, and this is your host, Marcos. I use he, him pronouns. And yeah, you're hearing this right. I'm by myself this week. Me dejaron solito. But no need to fear. You're not going to listen to me talk for the next however many minutes. I mean, I think I could. Nunca me callo, as y'all, as y'all probably figured out. But thankfully, that is not the case today because I invited two very close friends of mine, two friends that I have met at school, who I go to school with. Um, and I will really wanted to have a special conversation in honor of Pride Month, especially as Pride Month comes to a close. Um, and we look to focus on queer members of our community. So first, here to my left, not that you can see, <laughs> here to my left, I have my friend Andres Huerta. Hi, everyone. Like Marco said, my name is Andres Huerta. I also use he, him pronouns. And I'm really excited to be in conversation with Marcos and the other guest that we have here who's about to be introduced next. And to my right, I have Manuel Alarcón Nava. Hi everyone, hola, my name is Manuel Alarcón Nava. I also use he, him, his pronouns. This is my first time uh, recording with y'all, so I am very, very excited. So how y'all living? Let's start, let's, start chill, let's start chill out, let's chill out, you know what I mean? I feel like tensions are high right now. Homeboys are nervous. Like, how you doing? Yeah, like like you said, I'm low-key kind of nervous, but it's so funny that I've sat in, in these podcasts like two times now. Yeah. And now I'm actually on here and speaking yeah. and like actually being a part of it. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, a pit of like nervousness <laughs> in me. But I'm, like I said, like I'm excited to delve in this conversation with you, Marcos, and mm-hmm. Manny as well. So, yeah, fun fact. So for my, my, my first episode... My special episode with Sandy way back when, when was that, December, January, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, Andres was actually in the studio that day, quote-unquote studio. Do we have a studio? Maybe, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> but, so, and then he was also in that um, amazing episode with the one and only Fabio, which we are, who, are, who we are definitely going to have back on someday, whenever his busy, busy schedule allows. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's awesome that you're hopping on today, man, because I know you've had a lot to say, and I'm just glad everyone else is going to be able to hear it. I was part of the planning committee. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, he was. He gave input, and he helped guide those episodes, so definitely. Now, Manuel, how are you? I'm good. This this dragon fruit kiwi candle is soothing me, so <laughs> I ain't as nervous as, th- as I thought I was going to be, but yeah. Okay. It's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. Yeah, okay. So to start off, you know, I kind of want to ask a general question, you know, so our viewers can kind of get to know viewers, listeners, um, community members. Sorry, I always forget we're not on YouTube, so they're not viewers, they're (laughs) subscribers, listeners. (laughs) So, Andres, who are you? So, introducing yourself to the first time to our audience, who is Andres Huerta? Yeah, so that's like a very complicated question because we are a lot of things, and I think... What do you, when you just said that, I thought of the emoji, you know, that tongue out, you know, eh, kind of emoji. Because <laughs> oh, I feel like that, God. like, really, like, depicts who I am as a person. I like to have fun. I like to be around friends and family. And I like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. But um, besides that, um, I'm, also, I'm a college student. I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm here at Butler with you. I'm actually in my 
fifth year of the pharmacy program, Ooh. and um, I think that's pretty much it that I want to tell. Yeah. What about you, Manuel? Who is Manuel? So I love this question because every single time that I am asked this question, I always get reminded of the kind of like reaction people have to my fun fact. And my fun fact is always I speak six languages. And like this always six? gets people. Yes, yeah, six. Six? I thought it was like four. <laughs> it's six. I'm getting to 15. Okay. That's my goal. But yeah. Um, and it reminds me of that reaction because like beyond everything else, I'm always like, you know, people like they remember me as the person who speaks six languages. So that's who I am. I'm the person who speaks six languages. Okay. Okay. So, you know, um, but no, that's cool. I didn't know it was six. I yeah, know. I, me either. <laughs> We're in shock here. <laughs> See, like, that's what I'm Yo saying. Yo batayo con mis dos. Like, no, honestly, I be flexing. I'm bilingual. He said six. How do you even say that? It's not even a six lingual. Just polyglot. Polyglot. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, wow. I remember that was a vocab word. I was like, <laughs> no one would ever use that. <laughs> I never met nobody who spoke six. Okay, that's really cool. So, you know, I mentioned um, this is the Mutual Pride series. It is Pride Month is coming to a close, you know, but, you know, that is, you know, primarily the reason um, that you two were invited on today. So, if yes. you wouldn't mind, yeah. So, Andres, can you dive into, you know, which identity uh, in terms of, you know, LGBTQ yeah. do you identify with? Um, and just kind of talk yeah. about that a little bit. And just like, by the way, this is actually like my first time ever saying it to, you know, a bunch of other people. Because I've only really came out to a very close, like, to my close friends. And yeah. like, not even my family knows this. So, this is kind of like a big step, at least for me. But I've always identified myself as being like a gay person. Like I've always knew since when I was younger, I've, I've always knew that like I was attracted to men. And, and so that's how I identify. Okay. Manuel? I also identify as gay. I've started to use the term queer a lot more, um, but never referring to myself. I think that's a new vocab for me. I've always internal like I've internalized it as being very negative. Um, that's something that I don't identify as, so I I am proud to say that I am I am gay. Right. Okay. Well, you know, thank you both for sharing. You know, Andres, and you know, thank you for taking yeah. you know that bold step with us today. Um, yeah. you know, I'm curious to know, you know, just you know, because a lot of the one of the purposes of the Mucho Pride series is so that you know other you know gay you know wherever they align right in terms of LGBTQ, so that other gay Latinos or Latinx people, I should say, um, can kind of see that, you know, their journey can look like a lot of different things. Yeah. So um, would you mind diving a little more into, like, you know, how you came to be as gay? Yeah, so it's like, like I said, I've always knew. So, like, yeah. when I was younger, I was, like, I was more effeminate. Like, I'm not sure if I'm saying the word right, but okay. I was very feminine. Okay. So I used to, you know hang out with my older sisters a lot get along with them better than like my brothers and stuff and then like it's true like in video games i always pick the female <laughs> character like it's so true like yo if, if you play the female character in video games that say something a little bit <laughs> no but yeah so it's something that i've um always kept a secret to myself okay. because i knew like at least from from societal standpoint that it was looked down upon like now it's there's starting to be more shift where just more gay people that are vocal 
and things like that. And so I feel more comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. saying that I'm gay. But it really came to be when um, when I first entered my freshman year of, of college, mm-hmm. where I started exploring like this and then he was like, yo, like, I've always knew I was gay, but like, I never really had the opportunity to like delve into my gayness because of the environment that I was in. And so this is being in college here. This is when I really, you know, start becoming like who I am or like exploring my sexual identity. Okay. Yeah. So Manuel, you know, yeah, you identify as gay as well. So what yeah. did that journey to coming into your own and being able to say like, you know, I'm gay. Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, I always want to say that I was very, very mature when I was younger and I was very aware, uh, aware of my uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, you know, when I picked Sonia and Mortal Kombat, like, right. it said, like, it says something, I, right? It, it like, really does say something. Oh, it do, it wow. do. Or like when I played with like all my female cousins, yes. um, you know, I had dolls, but I also had Batman, um, for, uh, figures. Um, I always you know, very much saw that as normal. Like, I, it did not yeah. face me as a, as a young uh, person. But I think what got me thinking is when I compared myself to, you know, other guys. Because um, they were all talking about how, you know, they wanted to do this for this girl or that. Um, and then I would always just think about that time I wrote this fucking love letter to, like, the guy I liked in fifth grade. And I'm like, there's something, there's something off. Right. So, <laughs> or I wouldn't say off, but like, right, you know, there's, right. there's something going on. Um, so I think for me is, you know, always having to compare myself to others and, and seeing how I differ from that. And, you know, I came out at a very early age. Um, and so I've had a lot of thinking um, done. So, yeah, that's kind of like, how I came to be. And also, I want to add something, too. Like, when you said, like, you're starting to compare yourself to, like, other male figures. Like, I did that as well. That's why um, it took me so long until now to, like, actually be like, yo, like, I'm gay or whatever. But, like, you know, in middle school, I used to hang out with the homies and stuff like that. Always about girls and this, this, and that. I even had, like, two girlfriends before. So it's just, like, just show, it just it just shows you, like, the pressure of like you know hiding who yourself because like you don't want others to to like judge you or like or even harm you really yeah. no exactly and it's yeah. so weird because like you're in that constant cycle of like invalidating yourself but also validating yourself yeah. like yeah you invalid invalidate yourself because you hang out in a space where you know your kind of like emotions aren't necessarily present mm-hmm. but also you want to validate yourself because there's also things in those spaces that you relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just constantly that cycle of validating yourself and validating yourself. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, before recording, Manuel, you brought up a really interesting question you wanted to, like, explore today. And, I, you know, so I'm going to pose that question. So, you know, and whoever feels more comfortable going first can go. Um, okay. Where does your gay identity kind of, like, fall when you think of, all the identities that you carry? Um, I, I can answer it. Um, I think for me, like, my queerness has always been centered when I was younger, just because I did come out at a very young age. And I was out to a bunch of people in um, middle school. Um, I was the gay kid. <laughs> oh, wow. um, so, every like, I was, like, one of, like, the only, like, I 
looking back at it, I was the only gay kid in mm-hmm. all of my middle school, at least grade. Um, but I also came out to some family members and eventually my like immediate family. And that was hard. Um, and, you know, I'm also undocumented. And I've never really, you know, first handily experienced what undocumented those effects of being undocumented were just because I wasn't in the spaces where, you know, being documented had its benefits, right? Right. So for the first half of my life, like, my life was centered around my queerness and and how I would survive navigating this life with being queer. Um, So I think now, though, when I belong, you know, in spaces where being documented has its perks like study abroad, um, financial aid, you know, my life has been centered around my undocumented status a lot more. Um, And looking back at things, I don't always associate any, you know, intersections of my undocumented status and queerness personally, just because I feel like I personally reserve that identity, that kind of perspective for those who are struggling it every single day at the border or who are trying to make that treacherous, like, you know, journey here, and who are, who identify as queer. So I don't necessarily identify as that, but I think, for me, those two identities are very much, like, separate paths in my, like, mm-hmm. overall journey. Yeah, that, that's really interesting here. Um, but when you ask that question, Marcos, it, it just, like, I just thought back of, like, when I was younger, and, like, my... My older siblings, their friends, they used mm-hmm. to always like tease me about, yo, like, are you gay because you talk like this and you mm-hmm. act like that yeah. and like this, this and that. And so like, it just like brought me back to that that place when you asked that question. And, and just like, I've always had to, like you said, invalidate my gayness because like I, when they were asking, it wasn't like in a way like, like, are you gay? Like in a way that's like positive. It's yeah. always like negatively. And so yeah. thinking of like how like, I place like my, my gayness in like my life currently. Yeah. Um, I like at least now it's just like something that like I don't I, I really don't know like I really I really don't know where it is now. It's I don't think it's like I wake up and like and think oh I'm gay and stuff like that. It's just right. like something that I've always like had to like deal with mm-hmm. and maybe even think of like of it as like a problem even yeah. because of how other people made it a problem for me. You know. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you know. I think for me, like, you know, I'm still battling what it means to exist and be queer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's so, like, I would say it's so micro because when I play video games with right. my homies, you know, like, it's very, like, it's a very toxic environment sometimes. Okay. But I hate using voice chat in games yeah. because of my pitch, of right. my voice. People always assume I'm a girl. Right. And it just makes me so uncomfortable. So I can't always comfortably play video games mm. just for the simple fact that I think my queerness is going to expose me right. and I'm going to be a target. So like, yeah. though it's not as extreme as other people's situations, yeah. it's still like a struggle that I have to go through in yeah. such a minimal way, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's something I never thought of. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, I think... So what I'd be curious to know now is, like, how do you think your Latinidad has, like, interacted with your queerness? So how does, how has being, being Latino affected your ability to also say, like, 
hey, I'm gay. Right. Yeah. I think, for me at least, I don't want to generalize anything, that always, you know, like, it intersects that religion. Yeah. My parents um, are Catholic. I don't know how much they practice it, but they, they, um, when I was coming out, they, you know, used that against me. So I think, for me, personally, I think religion plays a major part in my, in relations to my Latinidad. I think now, though, um, it's a lot more complicated. I haven't yet discovered what it means to be Latinx and queer, um, just because I think I'm still trying to see what representation means in respects to that. Um, but I would say, like, the big thing that has got me thinking has been, like, the new series, Love, Victor. Oh. That has, like, ref- like has helped me reflect on mm-hmm. what, like, Latinx queerness mm-hmm. means to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Wow. Um, so, when you said that question, it's, like, I think I really, like, talked about it already, like, with my family. Mm-hmm. Low-key, like, they're kind of homophobic, at least, like... Uh, at least the males in my family, like yeah. high, even even so, some like the females as well. It's just like it's always like kind of like a culture thing where like homosexuality yeah. or like being gay is just like nah, nah. You cannot. You can. You really cannot. <laughs> and like, what really like discouraged me, what discourages me, like from coming out to like my family is like some of the things that like I've heard them said about like you know gay people and like it's just like you know using slurs and stuff. It just mm-hmm. makes me like uncomfortable like being like yo like I, i'm gay and like I, I want i'm telling you this because like this like who i am like just like at least this is a part of me that i want you like to know and stuff and i always like imagine like what i know like how my older siblings have brought like you know their boyfriends and girlfriends home it's like what if like i bring a boy like I, I, my my guy home it's just it's gonna be so like weird it's gonna bring up like those like very like i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but it's like I just imagine that being in that situation, like how like their homo their homophobia mm-hmm. or like comes out, you know? Because like I don't want to experience that. So. No, for sure. And I'm so glad you brought in that perspective, because though at first they were like they had a really negative impact, my yeah. dad was actually the one who was really who, open. To it. Yeah, he was more open. He like yeah. he was the first one who came to terms in accepting me, okay. which threw me off because right. <laughs> right. I. Would have I did think that my mom was gonna be a little bit easier to come yeah. out to, and I think what like made me realize it even more was I actually took them to see Love Simon when that came out in like oh 2018. My God, yeah. So I at that point like they were a little bit more accepting because it wasn't that hard to take them to see Love Simon. Yeah. Like you know it was like it was with a purpose, right? So yeah. I told yeah. them like why I wanted them. Um, yeah to see that movie, et cetera. Um, but I remember that my dad was the first one who like came to me and like talked to me about it. Um, so thank you for bringing that perspective because that's something I didn't deal with. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the opposite. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny. And I also don't want to paint like my family as like being like super homophobic, but it's just like sometimes like they would like say things that just doesn't like sit well with me. It's just like, mm-hmm. damn, like, why would you, like, yeah. why would you say that? Those first like little micro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, with my mom, like, we used to, like, joke about, like, you know, just marriage and shit like that. Yeah. You know, like, very, like, dumb things. But she will always be, like, 
and y tu novia or whatever I'm like right. novio like you know like those little things that like I guess they haven't like right you know they always have like that like hope yeah that oh, we're gonna okay. change right but, so yeah there was like they you mentioned Love Victor yeah Love Victor is a good show <laughs> even if even if you're not struggling <laughs> with your sexuality I think it's a fun like I mean it's a good show it's like I think it brings to light a lot of realities that I think queer Latinx people face you know specifically definitely like you know gay Latinos um but like I know that there was like one scene where she was telling Victor oh and like one day you'll bring home a person who and like he corrected her he was like no like I'll bring home a guy yeah so right. it's like it's really interesting to bring that up because like the show is like wow maybe the show did something right yeah <laughs> in terms of I representing mean, at least know. for me like the accuracy for like for me is there um I know that's not true for everyone Mm-hmm. But I, I knew like I broke down watching that show because I saw myself in Victor. Yeah, um, just not as cute. But ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Manny, you gotta hype yourself up around here. I know, I know, I know. Y'all, but... when when we post this on Instagram, hype Manny up in the comments, please. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but you know, you mentioned you you brought up something you know earlier that I want to dive a little deeper into. Yeah. You know, religion. Um, you know, it's complicated. You know, I think in terms of like the scope for us, all we can really speak to, I think, is Catholicism and Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people try to drag other religions into this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not from that perspective, I don't think that's your place. <laughs> Personally, that's just how I feel. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, we can definitely speak to Catholicism and its impact on this. Um, so, you know, and Andres, I know you and I have had conversations before about this. So, like, how do you think this experience has impacted, like, your religious identity, if you have one? With, with me? Um, honestly, okay, so, like, I'm, like, Catholic by association. Like, I don't Same. I, I don't really <laughs> practice as much, nor does my, my parents. So, it's, like, um, religion, at least in our household, is not, like, a big thing. Like, okay. where I know, like, to with, like, other people. Yeah. But, like, I know that with my, with my parents, they have, like, friends who are, like, like, super catholic and like just like some of this like and just like some of the stuff like they say and like they have like a bumper sticker and like on their car oh no it's like abortion something about abortion but it's it's anti-abortion so they're they're that kind of catholic yeah and i just like i remember like so i just remember like sometimes um when when it used to be around it's like yo they used to say some like really problematic stuff and there's yeah. like other occasions as well because like they're they're really good family friends, but mm-hmm. it's just like they they're heavy in the religion, so it's like it's kind of like homophobic, a little bit homophobic, but it's like kind of yeah. whatever you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe Manny can tell you more because I'm not yeah. I'm not that much of a Catholic. I, mean, I, so. I think the perfect way to explain my relationship with religion is by kind of like taking a look at like the process uh, that I went through with. Um, getting confirmed um so because i was older um usually you get confirmed at a very young age um because we were older we actually like went through a class with our parents so Mm -hmm. it was like an extensive like six weeks like Mm -hmm. class it was the worst possible thing ever (laughs) um not because of the content well also because of the content but like it was just four hours long each session it was just not worth it but the somehow in one of the classes conversation about gay marriage oh no <laughs> um was talked about and 
the lady who's like she was a very prominent like leader in the church and she spoke about like how she has gay friends mm. <laughs> and she's like she's like i will always su- i will always love them i won't support them mm. and that from there on i knew that i wasn't gonna belong in those okay. institutions yeah because i raised my hand and i got in an argument with this lady Oh, wow. My parents oh. were sitting two tables away from oh, me. Oh, no. And I was yelling at this lady <laughs> that whatever she's saying does not make any sense. Right, because mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, so I think for me, it's always going to be a struggle. Um, I think looking looking at it from a very academic perspective, I think, like, you know, homophobia is very much a like, you know, European kind of idea. Yeah. That has been, like, put in, like, um, different um, cultures. And from there, like, you know, Catholicism was embedded into um, indigenous, like, people. But it's always those institutions that have are historically, um, that have people that come from indigenous, like, bloodlines are less accepting than other churches who are predominantly white. And I always think that's very interesting because of the culture shift is so, so slow within our communities Mm -hmm. that it's affecting us even more. Yeah, you know, I asked that question because, you know, I know that for me, oh my God, like I definitely was Catholic growing up. Like my parents made me go to Sunday school. Like, they never shoved anything down my throat at the house. Like, my pops didn't even, like, going to church. Like, he rolled his eyes when my mom was like, Mama Samisa. He's like, Tuba Samisa. I'm like, and we always used to, like, shit on him for it. But, like, um, I remember I was pretty religious until I was, like, um... Okay, disclosure. I used to work at Chick-fil-A. Don't. I was 15. No, don't cancel me. I was 15. It was the only place that would hire me. I worked there for a year until I was 16. Um, but no, I, I just, I give that, I say that to say, like, I feel like I was always surrounded by religion. Mm-hmm. And, like, I thought that it was the right way of life. Right? And so, like, that carried a lot of really ugly opinions and a lot of ugly mm-hmm. stances. And then um, I remember watching the movie Jesus Camp where mm-hmm. a kid was, and, like, there was a scene where, like, there was a kid who questioned the existence of God and nobody around him, like, supported him. Like, it was, like, supposed to be, like, a confession type of thing. And, like, everyone gave him dirty looks. And, like, nobody was there to be, like, hey, like, okay, like, that's a valid question. Like, let's talk about it. Right. And so, right. like, for me, I think that's when, like, a lot of things clicked. And I was, like, yo, like, this is all, like, give fail. Right. <laughs> Basically, like, give fail. And I, as of late, I think I struggle with whether or not I identify as Catholic yeah. because of the colonialism aspect. Right. Because, like, that was forced upon indigenous people by Spaniards, by Europeans, right? And so, you know, it goes to show, like, there was, like, a degree of spirituality mm-hmm. that's been taken away from us, and, like, we'll never yeah. truly know what it was in its, you know, form whenever, you know, our indigenous people were actually thriving here before the arrival of Europeans. So that's why I asked that question, because I yeah. think, you know, it's relevant when you talk about these identities and how they interact and sometimes yeah. clash. And you know, the thing that gives me so much trauma is the music video for Take Me to Church by Hozier. 
Oh, have y'all seen, seen it? Yes. Uh, that used to be my song. Yeah, that. Oh, oh my god. I haven't seen it. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's a, that's a that was not it. Because that was like time where I was like, you know, like just oh, yeah. really building my confidence up. Okay. And then that shit came out. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, okay. They so, definitely should have put like a trigger warning. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, really though. Very intense. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, this is for Marcos. So, <laughs> it basically depicts just like two young uh, gay um, individuals living okay. in a small town. Yeah. And one of them eventually gets murdered. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah, and, but that's it's reality, right? When you let these, like you know, you let hateful ideologies just guide your way of living. Right. Unfortunately. Well, you know, I want to go back and talk about what we all have in common, which is and how we met really is Butler University. <laughs> Nobody send yeah. this to them, please. <laughs> please but, no, but um, you know, in all seriousness, we have a um, lot to say. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but you know, I think you know, just to set the context for you know any like um, any listeners who are not familiar, you know, Butler is here in Indianapolis. Um, it's, it's relatively small school. We're kind of creeping up to medium-sized school mm-hmm. territory. Um, private school. Uh, predominantly white school. We're about 82% white right now, I think. Um, so only 18% of the school is not white. Um, and so, you know, that has definitely carried some challenges, I would say, also, it's, as um, students. majority female. Really? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. A lot of white girls here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, I want to dive into that. So, Andres... Talk to us yes. about how the past four years, because you're going into your fifth year at Butler. Yes, sir. You know, talk to us about how that's been for you. You know, not only as a student of color, but also you know, first generation student, and mm-hmm. also you know, you're a pharmacy student, and like that is no joke for those who are not familiar. That is a hard path to you know get into in the first place, and then stay in and thrive in, which is definitely something you've managed to do. So um, thank you, Marco. You definitely thank have. You. That so. makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> No, but to answer the first half, it, I, it was like fucking struggle, man. Yeah. Um, so I guess like give you a little background of like where I went to high school with. I went to Pike. Shout out to Red Devils. Hey, um, Red Devils. Red Devils. I yeah, we the Red. <laughs> <laughs> Ever like, since the "Call Me by Your Name" video came out, anytime I see Devil, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> we <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we never had a mascot though because um you know it's a devil, so you can't really have a mascot of you that. You can if you have you seen um, Easy A. I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. <gasps> Easy A is a movie based off the Scarlet Letter. It came out in 2010. And, like, there's, like, they the school was the Blue Devils, and there's, like, a joke in there. I'm talking about, but an actual high school. Though. No, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I know, but, like, no. And then, like, the mascot used to just be, like, one of, like, the athletes without a shirt, just painted his body blue and, like, with horns. <laughs> and he was, and, like, he had a tail. And that was a blue devil. Oh. <laughs> so I thought okay. maybe your school. No. <laughs> that's too much for That's, no. That's a little bit too much. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I went to Pike High School. And um, for those who know, that's like, from, from, oh my God, I can't even speak. Majority, um, you know, black, um, Latino, Latinx students. And so that transition from, you know, from Pike to Butler. Jeez. That oh, shit was no. crazy as well. like, um, <laughs> It was honestly a culture shock because okay. I've never been around like so many white people and um, it scared me. And I was, um, at least for a moment, I was like really depressed because 
also like I roomed with a white person mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know like how to interact with them actually like for that whole year that we roomed together we didn't even talk mm-hmm. um so it was just like being in this new environment is just like I, I don't know like I, I don't know like I don't see anyone like who looked like me or especially like in my classes as well because I took a lot of general science classes and I was sometimes one of the very few people like people of color like in that in that lecture and that would be like upwards to like you know maybe like 60 to 100 I mean that's kind of small like compared to like other like bigger schools yeah. but it's just like damn like there will be like five five or even less no, and that says something because you know Butler like the average class size is like I mean it was 12 when I was coming in but I feel like it's what is it now 20 15 20 yeah so like an average class here at Butler is 15 to 20 people and so like yeah. Andres you know, I point that out just to say, like, you experience bigger classroom sizes. Yeah. And even then, <laughs> you were one of the few motherfuckers who yeah. had some melanin in there. Yeah, and then even, like, yeah. going through, like, some of, like, the more, like, harder science classes, you know, like, OCHEM, oh, and then, like, immunology, microbiology, and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, yo, like, I used to be, like, one or two of us, you know, one or two of us. Mm-hmm. And, like, always had, like, that purchase, like, yo. This shit is, like, hard as fuck, but, like, I can't back down because it's going to make, like, all the POCs look bad. Like, so, mm. at least, like, that was, like, some of the pressure that like, I put on myself, honestly. Yeah. But it's just, like, yo, like, I need to, like, I I he, I showed up, and so I need to show out mm. a little bit. So, okay. I've always, like, that's why I um, always, like, stress my, you know, studying and my academics because, like, I didn't want to be, like, oh, that, that brown person, you know, he's not in this program any longer because it was too challenging for him. So... It's some kind of like fighting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned, I don't know. I I know you mentioned it before we started recording. I don't remember if you mentioned it or not. Yeah. You know, you talked about culture shock. Can you like tell us more about that? Like, what kinds of things? Yeah. Shocked you when you came here? Yeah, it's just like, I remember like going to my my FYS. It's so for those who don't know, it's like Fraser Seminar. It's like this this general like core class that we all had to take here at Butler. Um, it's like damn, I was like the only. I think it was two of us. They're like the only like POCs in there, and it was like we had to sit around like in a circle, and I, I just felt like so uncomfortable like looking around because like no one like no one looked like me, um, and like even like when I walked into like my classes, I would feel like they were staring at me because like I I seen them I was like damn like oh, is there something on my face like do I look good or like what, what's, what's up like what's up I always felt like scared. It was my beard. And I don't know. Like, I always felt like they were, like, staring at me. Um, but, like, the, yeah, the culture shock. Um, I don't know if, like, um, do you want to add on to it? But that's, like, pretty much just yeah, what yeah. I think my experience is. So, yeah, I'm going to talk to us about your experience. You know, how, is, how has life here at Butler been for you in these past two years? Yeah, I think... So I kind of want to, like, draw some, like, contrast. So, like, in elementary school, like, like the classrooms were, like, very diverse. Like, um, I, I wouldn't say majority white, um, very much half and half. And then middle school, though it was predominantly black, I went to, like, Western Middle School. It was it, it was very much predominantly, like, uh, students of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I put myself in those, like, you know, honor classes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden for me, like, I was the only, like, person of color in those classes. Mm-hmm. So for me, that kind of, like, shock of only being the only one right. came to me very early on. 
But I didn't realize it until I came to Boston. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was it was not only a problem, but it was affecting me. Right. Um, and you know, with this culture shock, I was you know we had a director um, at Butler. Thank God she's not here no more. Not because she was bad, but this was not her environment to thrive in. Um, I was in her office for a whole week just because I was like trying to digest mm. what this all meant and like my existence on this campus, mm. um, in my classroom specifically. Because I felt like outside of the classroom, I had somewhere to go where I right. could, you know, just feel safe. But, you know, because I had those academic obligations, I didn't really feel that safe in those classrooms because I feel like I was under the microscope. Mm. And mm. though I had a different experience, I, I, I do want to talk about uh, FY, my experience in my FYS class as well because... So for context, FYS is a first, uh, first year seminar. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's a class that we have to take. Everyone has to take at Butler our first year to um, hone our reading and writing skills as well. Yes. <laughs> is what they tell me. I still don't know how to read or write. Oh. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> so the topic for my class was um, social justice. Mm-hmm. So I had just had this idea that there was going to be a little bit more POCs in that class. Just because mm-hmm. like, but there was. Uh, there was four yeah. of us. But it was a large FYS. And, that, and that's a lot. <laughs> no, it, that's a lot that's for a, lot. a class. That's a lot. Because typically FYS are like ten students. We actually mm-hmm. had like eighteen in my class. Right. Oh, wow. Um. So it was it was it was nice because that was like the first class I went to on my first day of school. So I was like, you know, it wasn't going to be that bad, but it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. The first book that we read was a book about an undocumented queer person. So you already know I was going to be the the spokesperson <laughs> for that book, oh, even right. though different cultures, different experiences. Mm-hmm. What book was that? It, it's called uh, um, Undocumented um, uh, Dear America Notes from an Undocumented Immigrant um, by Jose Vargo. Um, we love him. Um, no, Jose Antonio Vargas, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to support an undocumented writer, that is definitely yes. a book to purchase. It's, and purchase it from a bookstore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Not Amazon. Amazon. Anyway. Um, it's very short too, so quick read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what tipped me over the edge was when this person read a quote from the book, and it was relating to like how he didn't think that um, undocumented immigrants were viewed as uh, as human beings, and she was so she was so shocked by that because I'm like. She was like, you know, they are humans. They are like people. And I'm like, why is that so hard to see? Mm. So I think that just brought to light like the mentality of people on this campus. And not to say like that's everyone, but that's a lot. Um, and that's representative of not just this campus, but like, you know, the world that we live in, right. know, this country. Right. So I think when... I, I always think that I'm going to be in a scenario where, like, you know, this, like, young Latinx student is going to go up to me, and he's going to say, do you recommend me going to Butler University? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about y'all, but, like, I thought about this, because I'm like, I want to be real with them. So I would always conclude that, like, 
yes, you should go to Butler University because it prepares you for the real world. And that is that you're always going to have to fight for a seat at the table. You're mm-hmm. always going to have to validate yourself because others won't validate you. So that's why I would just, yeah. you know, kind of try to see my experience as this, you know, very general thing because I, I feel like I'm not the only one. And I feel like right. there's going to be a lot more who, you know, this is not a unique experience. This happens yeah. everywhere. Um, and I agree with you with that because um, that's like actually one of the things that um, that allowed me to like continue in this like, you know, this rigorous program. Just like thinking of like my whole classes, like, so this, how can I say this? Like, so the first two years we take like very general like mm-hmm. science par- courses, but then like the next four, like we're we're like um, all taken together. Like all the students that are in the program will like have all the same classes and stuff like that. And then there's like literally only like two Mexicans like in, in the program. It's me and you know our homeboy Christian, but. Oh. but <laughs> Christian, I know you're not listening, <laughs> but if you ever do, much love to you. <laughs> yeah, and um, but before him, before he came in, it was like just like myself. Like I was like the only one, you know. Hey, Revin, Revin, you know, be be Mexican. But um, that's like the only reason why I stayed because like I I I wanted to show people who like want to be like a pharmacist or like go into like the medical field that they can do it because like I did it. It's not going to be easy because it's. Uh, there's there's a lot of days where I'm like damn like this shit is fucking hard like I yeah I wonder if like if I can do something else and that like will be easier you know wouldn't take that long but like no I have to because like if not me then who you know mm-hmm. right so that's kind of like things that like I um I I see myself yeah yeah and, and for me like with this culture shock honestly if I did not have the support systems that I did I don't think I would still be here mm. right it was that bad. Um, and I think the thing that helped me a lot more is, so Marcos, I actually connected with him way before I came to campus. Um, we were connected by the Indian Latino Institute, which is an organization like that helps support Latinx students in Indiana, um, in Indiana, like connecting them to like internships, um, you know, very much their network. So I, I will always credit like my success to them, but, um, you know, I, I met Marcos, so I'm like, if he's there, I can do it. Yeah. And that helped a lot. And also what helped a lot more is surrounding, putting myself in spaces where I did be- uh, belong in, um, that my thoughts were valued, that I wasn't going to be turned away. Um, and that helped a lot. And what made me realize is that people don't have that. Mm-hmm. People don't always mm-hmm. have that. Um, so... I think it's it's just weird to think that, you know, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be here if, if it wasn't for that. True, true. Well, thank you for sharing that, uh, my man. But you know, I want to bring up two points. So I did not even think about this before recording the episode, but like, there's like a little fun fact here. So yes, um, we all have that in common that we all participated in the Indiana Latino Institute's summer internship program. So Andres and I actually did that in 2018. Period. And funny enough, just like Rachel introduced you to me, um, the year before that, Danielle, uh, Danielle, love you, one of my favorite white women, <laughs> uh, Danielle introduced me to Andres. Yeah. Um, she like because I remember like you weren't at something, 
And she was like, have you met, you know, and at the time I let us went by Andrew. She's like, have you met Andrew? I'm like, who's that? She's like, he's another Latino that goes to Butler. And I was like, okay. I was like, no, but like, I'll meet him. And I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, like, I'll be forgetting you're older than him. You're, uh, Andres is older than Marcos. Yeah. I'll be forgetting that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. No, I what just think it's. Mean? I don't know. <laughs> I, we, we can talk about it. I guess I'm mature. <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> yeah, like that's just funny how like IOLI connected me and Andres before yeah. we came to Butler. Like before I came to meet him at Butler, and then they right. connected us. Before Manuel, you and I, before we came about, I'm waiting for my mentee. Hey, no, 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 yeah, and like you just, yeah, you never know uh, who's next. Yes, come here, come to Butler. No, yeah, and I think, yeah, you bring up a good point. It's like, you know, like there's a question should a student of color come to Butler, right? And you want to say yes, but you know, you also have to take into account, you know, what will that experience be like for them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's hard though, because I think, like, for me, my bottom line is like, like Andres said, if it's not me, who? Exactly. Right? Like, if we're not here paving that way, and yes, sadly, the hard way, then it's never going to get easier for people like us here, right? So that's hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's also why, you know, I want to highlight that's why schools need, you know, all schools call them different stuff, like mm-hmm. Office of Diversity Programs, Multicultural Affairs, like, you know, whatever it is, you know, that your school has. Um, I know I've seen social innovation centers like as long as your school has like an office or a center or department you know dedicated to multicultural students you know i think that's a good start and i think all schools need that because like you said like other students don't know what it's like to live in a country whose policies essentially tell you that you're not human (laughs) at least you're not as human as an american-born citizen is um because that's that's what these policies say when they tell you that, like, oh, you got to pay taxes here, you can't vote here. Right. Oh, you're getting the same taxes taken out of your check, but you can't leave the country. But, like, you know, like X, Y, and Z, like, the list goes on, right? And that's just, those us who have DACA, right? Those of us who have access to that, or TPS, or, um, you know, I-10 numbers, right? Whereas, like, you know, not everyone has access to that. Right. So then they do things, that, like... They make it work, and then they get criticized for that. They're like, right. oh, well, how dare you do yeah. that? It's like, ah, I can keep going. No. Right? But no, yeah, I think it's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you, <laughs> I, I don't know if you talked about, like, how did Butler impact your career identity? Your, your Butler? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I didn't even think of that question, so that's actually... Yeah, it's Manuel. <laughs> I think that's a nice that's a nice second to last question. Yeah. Um so coming to Bali, that's like the literally the first time where I started, you know, exploring like my sexuality. You know, you like support with like with men and stuff like that, being on those apps. Please like stay off those apps as Please much as you can. Safe. <laughs> stay safe. Um but yeah, because I feel brother is just you know like hey, like I'm here, I'm leaving on campus. I'm away from home. Like, not a lot of people know me. And so, you know, why not fuck it? Like, just be as gay as, as I can. And so I did. So I guess, like, brother gave me, like, the opportunity to, like, explore where other places so I couldn't. Um, but, yeah. But what about you? Mm. Why are you struggling? This is your question. I, well... <laughs> 
because I don't know how I want to frame it. I think it's I, th- I think <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's weird because you know I become more introspective about things uh, just organically at my time at Butler. So I think for me it's more of like it has impacted me because like I'm always I think for me, like, my journey in college, I'm, like, I've become somewhat more future-oriented. Mm-hmm. So I'm more of, like, what does my queerness look like in the future? Um, how will I exist in different industries as a queer person? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's how Butler has impacted me. Jeez. It's put my queerness in a future-oriented lens. Right. Um, and I think it's helpful because mm-hmm. though we perceive it as it's easier to be queer... It, it's really not. Um, so, yeah. Well, I never see it as that way, you know, because I'm, like, two, two years away from, like, getting, like, my doctor of pharmacy degree and stuff like that and actually, like, hopefully going into residency. Hopefully going to a residency program during this additional two years. But, like, I never thought, like, how, like, I would be, how I would present myself, like, as, like, a gay Latino person. Uh, gay Latino pharmacist. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question that I need to like actually think more because like that's like coming right away. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's also valuable is I think there's like an activity you do with this. Like, um, w- when when you look at yourself, you also mm. tend to look at how others will see you. So, mm. will people mm. see you as a queer pharmacist, or will they see you as a pharmacist? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's like how I put, like, my whole ori- future-oriented queerness into perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, are people going to see the queer blank, or are they going to see the no. whatever my title is? Right. And I think, you know, part of it is a defense mechanism. Part of it is, like, you know, creating the spaces we exist in. Yeah. And I guess, like, me, like, being, like, thinking about, like, my future career, I've never seen it, but, like, how other people see it, just, like, yo, like, my patients, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna be taking like people's lives will be on my hands. So I always see it's like, you know, me providing a service to them right. because I'm genuinely there to like help them out. So, like, I never really thought like how like they would think about me or like yeah. other like healthcare providers will also, you right? Know? I think like when you said that, like, the only thing that came to mind is like in Grace Anatomy, <laughs> there is this, uh, there's this one, um, I think he was a like paramedic mm-hmm. and like. He had like a swastika on his like chest, mm-hmm. but he was like like severely injured, oh. and like like the black doctors were like trying to like help him, but like mm-hmm. he wanted a white doctor. He wanted a white guy. He wanted a white doctor. That's so like, I think that <laughs> no, yeah, period. So like, thank you for like sharing that because that yeah. put it into perspective. Like, well, they deny us of our like, um, of our like professions because of our queerness. That's something mm-hmm. I've never, mm-hmm. I have never thought of but all right well folks we are running up on time now it is <laughs> we're getting up there and i'm glad you know because i think the fear with these episodes is always like oh my god what if our guests don't have anything to say <laughs> but um you know i want to ask both of you one last question and it's a question we've been asking all our guests this month um you know this pride month um what advice would you give to your younger self I'm thinking, 
Um, I don't know. You want to go first? I don't know. Yeah, I can go first. I think I would say be patient with yourself. You can take your time. You are young. <laughs> You're mm. okay. Take it slow. Enjoy middle school. Whatever, mm. whatever it has to offer. But just like take your time. I think mm. having like I think because like having patience with myself is the hardest thing right now. Okay. Like I'm always like if I'm not doing something, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm. So just be patient with yourself. You're gonna know yourself. Yeah, I think like there's a song by. I can't even think of the of the band right now, but it gets better in time. Like it really does. By the internet, yo, you, you should really listen to the song. The internet, it gets better in time. Something, something like that. But it really does because mm-hmm. um, younger, I was like, damn, like, am I gonna live through like the next like five years, like five ten years? Not that like I was in a very like you know violent environment. I just like never seen myself, you know, like growing up, really. But now that I, I'm here, it's like, yo, like. It's pretty nice, like becoming an adult, you know, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you, it's obviously you get like more responsibilities and stuff, but it's like you want that. Like you, that means like you're moving on, like you're progressing on to the next stage of your life. Um, so yeah, it gets better in time. So for sure, and it does for a guy who's gonna be doctor Andres Huerta in two years. <laughs> like, just have to remind y'all we have a future doctor. Just a respect. That was just funny. Put a PhD in front of No, PhD. farm D. Farm D after the name. But you know, like to be honest, like I don't really pride myself of like, you know, like, oh, I'm about to be a doctor. Like, don't I'm really. Don't yourself. Don't no, like, yourself. No, like, no, like, I'm seriously, because from like, girl, like, <laughs> I do not, I did not like this shit at first. I'm, but I'm honestly, like, I'm doing it just because, like, you know, like, I, I for real will, like, want to help people out. So, yeah. Prescribing. <laughs> we can talk after. Anyway, <laughs> we're joking, right? <laughs> well, that wrap that concludes today's episode, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Mucho Pride. Friendly reminder: Mucho Pride is two months long this year. So yes, Pride Month is over, but Proyecto Siembra celebration of Pride is not yet done. Neither is like all the other celebrations of Pride. I know like a lot of states are having Pride celebrations like into the fall. So it's only appropriate that we continue our celebration too. So you know what? You're queer 365 days a year. There you go. Jeez. I thought it was just half the year though. I'm just like, no, I'm I just thought like... it was only 30 days. <laughs> I thought it was just this month of June. <laughs> oh my god. Well, like I said, thank you for tuning in today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Siembra Indie. Like our Facebook page at El Proyecto Siembra. Follow us on LinkedIn. Like I said, get your network straight, baby. Um, and also let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you have ideas for future episodes that you want to hear. Just slide in our DMs on any one of these platforms and let us know. Want to hop on with, talk, talk with us? Let us know too. We have a somewhat open door. So... Yeah, thank you for listening. Until next time, gente. Adios. Bye.